Welcome to the RedX Real Estate Podcast. Here, you'll discover how to create stability and opportunity for your business with tips, tricks, habits, and hacks from top performing agents. If you'd like to receive notifications for new episodes, be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you like to listen. And for even more updates on eBooks, webinar trainings, and other useful real estate content, head over to theredx.com slash blog and click on any blog post to sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Thanks for listening. Now sit back and enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the Red X Podcast. My name is Haley Johnson. I will be the host today. We have a very exciting guest this week. We have Sean Modry with us. Welcome, Sean. Hey, guys. How are you? So good. So glad that you're here with us today. You're a first-time guest, so this is really exciting. I'm excited to get into some of your strategies and, and things like that. Before we get started, I do want to tell the audience who are watching live, um, this is a participatory event. So if you ever have questions throughout the, the podcast for Sean, we have them for the next half hour. Feel free to put in your comments, questions, things like that, and we will get those answered. Um, and then, of course, if you're not already, please subscribe so that you're notified every time that we go live and all that good stuff. Okay, let's get into it. Sean, why don't we get started with a little bit of an introduction so that the people that are watching know a little bit about you? Oh, wonderful. So, um, yeah, so I've been in real estate about 28 years now. Okay, good amount not. of time. Good amount. Yep. <laughs> I got started. I, I think there's some other people that will relate to this. I got started because I wanted to be a real estate investor. And back in the early 90s, there was a guy that did late night TV um, advertising called Carlton Sheets. And he talked about buying houses with no money down. And I bought those at 19 and he's, and I started door knocking, going door to door, asking people if they wanted to sell me their house with a non-qualifying assumption. <laughs> so you can imagine how successful and, you know, no rejection in that, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and in that process, I met a real estate agent who said, man, if, if you're willing to do this, you'd be so successful in real estate. And uh, so I got licensed at 21. And um, I started helping people, renters specifically, low-income renters that kind of nobody else would help, buy their first house with down payment assistance programs and government grants. And um, yeah, and I sold 72 homes my first year from 21 to 22, wow. 104 my second, 144 my third. Um, I was in the 30 Under 30 Realtor Magazine at 27, Hall of Fame at Remax at 25. Um, so I, I had a very successful real estate career as a, as an agent for about 16 years. And then in 2009, I, um, went to Keller Williams and, um, I was a team leader for them recruited. Um, I was a top, top 10 recruiter in the company for a couple of years, a bold coach for them. And that's where I learned how to train people on prospecting expireds and FISBOs. So anybody who is been through the old school bold program. Um, you're my people. <laughs> and then in 2014, I be, I built my own real estate brokerage in Boulder, Colorado, and a coaching business. So that's when I broke into coaching at a high level. And I've coached probably close to 3,000, 4,000 agents now on prospecting, lead generation, team building, all kinds of stuff. So wow. yeah, I've been around forever. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like we've got the expert with us on today. So I'm excited. This is awesome. Uh, you've been in the business for a while. And so you know what works and what doesn't, I would assume, right? 
well, I have an opinion. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. There's like, there's so many different types of lead generation. There's so many types of uh, types of getting business and things like that. I know um, I'm actually writing an ebook right now for new agents and how to be successful as a new agent, um, especially with like how many people have entered the business just in the last couple of years with how hot the market's been. Um, and I know like, I mean, interest rates are going up and things like that. So things are changing yeah. and, and maybe some of the same lead generation tactics that people have been using i mean it's been it's been pretty easy to be a real estate agent the last couple of years right <laughs> well i i think this last year i think a lot of people are struggling right now with the low mm -hmm. inventory i know a lot of agents who have been around for for many years and they're struggling just to get a listing you know mm -hmm. so i think it's easy to sell them once you get them right but, but i think getting them yeah yeah i think in a lot of ways it's probably one of the most challenging markets we've ever seen Interesting. And so what do you think about how, I mean, since interest rates are going up and things like that, yeah. do you see, what are you thinking that'll happen to the market or if, is it going to get harder, easier? What do you think? Well, you know, I'm, I'm a storyteller, you know, like you, you know, <laughs> and um, I tell this story is in 2008, I was one of the top 50 agents in the country. Okay. In 2008. And by 2011, I wasn't even on the radar screen. And the number one agent in the entire United States in 2011 didn't even have his license in 2008. Okay. Mm. So with great shifts create opportunity, right? And so if mm. you're new and you're getting into the business, this could be a massive opportunity for you because when the market shifts, if you don't pivot quickly, you know, which I didn't, I, I, I basically pivoted me out of the business. <laughs> I became, I became a team leader. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this got really hard. So, um, so if you don't pivot inside of the business quickly and, and the bigger ship you're running, the harder it is to turn it. Right. Mm -hmm. So a new agent can adapt quicker. They can, um, they don't have the expectations that, that us seasoned agents have. And, um, so I think there's a lot of opportunity that's ahead. That's awesome. Yeah. I like that. I think I think that's true. And and getting into the business is is so exciting. I mean, with the fail rate that real estate has, like 87% of agents fail in their first five years. I think a little bit of what we're going to talk about today about lead generation and things like that is going to help save those agents who get into the business, maybe with false expectations yeah. or um, you know, things like that, because your business will dry up if you're not generating leads, especially. I mean, people experience that through the past couple of years. And, um, I think sometimes some of the same stuff doesn't work anymore. Or you have to pivot like you're saying, but I really like the, what you said of great shifts, create opportunity. I love that. I think that is a perfect sentiment. And I think, um, perfect segue into what I want to talk about with you. You're Mr. 16 strategies. So, um, talking about kind of like personality types and, and what kind of lead generation you should do based on your personality. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I, I, I don't, I, here's a, let me start off here first is to say that I think any personality type can be successful in this business. You know, I love that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people say, oh, you, you, you know, you're interviewing people and they use the disc and they say, oh, this person's a high D or they're a high I and, mm -hmm. you know, they're going to be so successful. You and I, we've seen people who are high D's and high I's fail, mm -hmm. right? Let's be honest. We see them fail. And we see people who are an introvert who can't even make eye contact with you and hold a conversation, build massively successful businesses too. So there's not a personality type that's successful, in my opinion. I think it's 
the personality type that you have is going to dictate what business or what type of lead generation is going to be most comfortable for you. It's going to probably you're going to do it because you're you're going to repeat it because you don't despise it, right? You're not it's not like I always say it's like eating dog food, right? Like you're mm-hmm. doing something you're like this is like eating dog food. This isn't enjoyable. So if you if you adapt to a lead generation preference that is going to be something that's more natural for you, you're going to do more of it. Mm-hmm. If you do more of it, you're going to have more chances to bat, you're going to have more success and you're going to repeat it. So so that's kind of the way I look at it and then but that's not the only factor. Personality can't be the only factor because there are other things like income. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're brand new to the business, I, I always say there's two things that you have to know is one is what do you want to achieve? Like if if, if you have to replace your income from your previous job, let's say you're making $60,000 a year and you must take home 60,000, right? This next year, then you need to generate about a hundred thousand dollars because you're going to have expenses. You're going to have your brokerage fees and advertising and marketing, right? All those things. So in order to take home 60,000, you're going to have to make a hundred. And then how fast do you need to get there? Because if you don't have six months of savings put away, then you know what? Farming probably isn't going to be the most effective way for you short term. So sometimes we're going to have to flex out of our personality profile and do something we don't enjoy for a period of time until we can build the business that we do enjoy. Hmm. Okay. So once you, you get those two questions, what do you want to achieve and how fast do you need to get there? And that, so let's say, I mean, what I want to achieve, let's use your example. I I need to get to a hundred thousand. And if I need to do it fast, what are, what are some of the best lead generation tactics for that? Well, that's a great question. (laughs) That's why we're here. (laughs) Well, Well, here's the reality. Here's the reality is if you have a huge sphere of influence, right? Let's say you're yeah. born and raised in a city and your family's from that city and, and you know a lot of people. The, if you already have trust and familiarity with people, the fastest way is going to be through a referral-based business, okay? Right. Now, for me, I, I got licensed at 21. I grew up in a trailer park, right? Mm-hmm. My friends, they weren't thinking about buying a home. It wasn't, it wasn't like I could tap into my SOI. And where I got licensed or where I was practicing real estate wasn't near where I grew up. So Mm -hmm. there was only one option was to find people who I didn't know and convince them that I was the way to help them achieve what they wanted. Right. So, so the short answer is, is at some point in your business, even if your SOI is big, you're going to have to go meet people you don't know. Okay. Yeah, that's (laughs) the game. And you can try to build your business slowly through your SOI and through your relationships and call it Instagram and and Snapchat and um, TikTok, right? You can try to do it that way, but it's probably not going to be fast enough for you to actually generate income to for you to reach $100,000 in 12 months, okay? Right. So you're going to need a, a, a way to meet people that have their hand up right? That say, hey, I'm interested in selling my home. You're going to have to find a way to do that quickly and predictably. Okay. And and I think that's where systems like like Red X do an outstanding job um, where, you know, for sale by owners, expireds, um, and, and, you know, non-owner occupy, abandoned properties, homes that don't show uh, a mailing address located to them. These are people that are predictably going to move, right? Mm -hmm. They're just not you're not just not going door to door. <laughs> right. right. Do you want to move? No, I'm going to die <laughs> in this home. I'm not moving. 
So systems like that make it very efficient for you to um, go meet people, get in front of people that are have a high likelihood of selling in the next, you know, 12 months. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, that's a simple, that's a simple way to say it. Yeah. Get, get more now business. I think, I mean, you, you tell people to prospect and, and that is a very difficult thing. It's a very difficult thing to get on uh, the phone and talk to strangers. It's, it's scary. People have call reluctance, all these things. But I think w- what we teach is we, we know, especially when you're a new agent and you don't have a lot of referral business. You don't have a lot of past clients. And, and maybe you do have a big SOI, which is obviously um, great, a great tool for you. Mm-hmm. But if you don't and you're calling and, and we call it the grind because it's a grind. We're not we're not here to say that buying Red X leads and calling them is the easiest thing. It's It's definitely not. But what's great about it is expired leads, for example, they literally need to sell their house. And if you're not talking to people who like you said, have raised their hand and need to sell their house, then you're missing out on now business that could, that could sell within weeks instead of months or years. Right. And, and so then once you work enough of that, once you are prospecting for however long it takes, uh, it could be years, it could be for, uh, just to, just to build your database. So then you can graduate from the grind and then you're just working on a referral business. Right. Well, maybe, maybe, but here's, here's the, here's the way I look at it. Like some people, you know, again, I'm a Myers-Briggs certified practitioner, Mm. DIS certified and AVA certified through corporate consulting. So I've done multiple personality assessments. And the one thing that I've learned is like, we all do things for different reasons, right? And our personality dictates the reason I'm a person, you know, I have a big past client database. I don't enjoy spending time with my past clients. I don't want to, I don't want to call them. I would much rather call somebody I don't know. Really? Call somebody I know. Yeah. It's just my personality. We are different. Yeah. I'm I'm odd. Well, it's because when I solve problems, my personality type is to solve through process, right? I, I solve through process, not through people. Some people solve through people. They think I have a problem. Who should I call? I think I have a problem. What system should I use or what system can I create to solve the problem? Right. And that's how my brain works. Yeah. So each personality type does things for a different reason. So if you kind of like I kind of break it into four quadrants. So you have people who are inspirational. Right. So if I'm coaching somebody who's inspirational personality and I'm, I'm coaching them to call for FISBOs and expires, I'm going to talk to them about who they're going to become when they achieve their goal. Mm. I'm going to talk about where they're going. Right. But if I'm talking to somebody who is maybe a sympathetic right? Their, their personality is more sympathetic. I'm going to talk to them about the people that they're going to help. The, the little old lady who doesn't know a real estate agent who's out there who put her house on Zillow for sale by owner because she just didn't know any better, right? She's never sold a home. So you're looking for that little old lady, right? Mm-hmm. You're just calling and you're, you know, and you get, you get somebody who yells on you and you hang up and you go, well, that's not her. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If I'm coaching somebody who's practical, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm coaching them to the fact that calling FISBOs and expireds is their best practice, right? Mm. This is the most, um, this is the best practice that's consistent and, and we can, me- it's consistent and measurable, right? So we know the numbers, right? You and I know these numbers like inside and out, right, Haley? It's like, yep. <laughs> they're so predictable. You know the numbers. It doesn't matter if the economy is going up or down or whatever. The numbers are the numbers. They just mm-hmm. don't change much. 
And then um, the theoretical people, the people that are theoretical mindset, they're going to do it because it's the most efficient. Okay. It's the fastest way for them to make money and it's the most efficient. So, so depending on their personality, I'm just going to coach them to a different, to what they're going to perceive as their, as their, um, their desire. Right. Right. And I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make in coaching and training agents in general is they try to motivate them all the same. And the main Mm -hmm. thing that we try to motivate people with is money. Money is a horrible motivator. Mm. It's a horrible because because here's the worst thing about motivating with somebody with money. What do you do when they make a million bucks? Then they're like, "Man, I'm good." Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing else to go after, right? They're like, oh, "I'm gonna go do something else now," and they take off and they leave the industry. So mm. it's really you know tying it to something greater than than oneself, right? Not to quote Viktor Frankl here, but you know it's quote it's tying to something greater then you're, you know, the car you're going to buy, the house you're going to live in, the money that you're going to make. Um, and, and that's where you see agents who reach this massive success because they gave, they quit doing it for the money a long time ago. Hmm. Yeah. I like that, especially because I think a lot of people get into real estate for the money because it's like, oh, wow, like you can make a lot of money. Like think about how many homes I have to sell and I get this much money, right? And it's calculated and it's like, oh, wow, I could be successful. And you get into it and you're like, oh, this is hard. <laughs> and if you don't yeah. find that greater purpose or or why you're actually doing something that aligns with your values or what you believe in and things like that, then then I think maybe that's a big reason why people fail out of the business. Well, yeah. I mean, you said what, 90% fail in five years. I actually thought that statistic was actually conservative. (laughs) It's probably two years. (laughs) But you ask most people, why did you get into real estate? And they'll say, I wanted flexibility, right? I didn't want to work nine to five Monday through Friday. I wanted flexibility with my schedule. And I wanted, I didn't want to lit on my income, right? Mm. But those two things conflict with each other, right? You can't have flexibility and unlimited income, right? You're unless you're Warren Buffett's son, that's not (laughs) going to happen for you. Right. That's, that's not your choice. Right. So like, you know, when I got into real estate, you know, I, you know, I made pizzas before I, you know, I worked at a pizza restaurant from 14 to 21 and, you know, I worked evenings and weekends, you know, six to seven days a week making pizzas. So when I got into real estate, working evenings and weekends, I was already adapted to it hmm. and working long shifts, eight to 12 hour shifts, you know, in real estate, we call those half days, right? 12 hours is half day. So People want the success, but they don't right. want to sacrifice to get it, right? Mm. You know, and they say, well, I don't, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to answer my phone after eight o'clock. I was answering my phone at 11 o'clock, right? <laughs> like, you know, until you build the business, you know, it's, it's kind of like a plane leaving a runway. It's going to expel most of its fuel just mm-hmm. getting to altitude. Once it's at altitude, they dial back the accelerator, but most people never get to altitude because they never really put in the effort. So yeah, freedom and flexibility, money is a horrible motivator. I'm just yeah. saying like that, that, <laughs> it just doesn't work. <laughs> well, and, and if you're thinking about it, like I think about myself in my own career, right? I'm in marketing and I don't necessarily have a huge passion about marketing itself, right? I really like doing it. But what I most like about marketing is the people. And interacting with people and helping people, right? And that is something that like I could do in probably any profession and be happy, right? But I found myself in marketing and really love it. And so 
Um, I think this is interesting with, with real estate agents who, when, when they're doing an activity that they don't like, for example, calling expireds because they're angry homeowners, right? Yeah. Then you have to think about your motivator in that instance. And that will, instead of like, oh, okay, this will get me this much money or whatever. Think about, like you said, um, I think it was the sympathetic who yeah. um, is like, oh no, like these people need an agent to help them because somebody yeah. failed. Right. And if you, if you do that, then I think that gives you so much more like reason to do the activities that, you know, work because everybody knows that these things work. It's just how it's going to work for you. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think the other reason so many people fail at prospecting, mm-hmm. and by the way, I hate the term lead generation <laughs> because lead generation is like, it's like the blob in the corner, right? It's like, Ooh, I'm going to go poke at it, but I don't actually know what it is. Like you ask an agent, what is lead generation? And they go, well, it's, you know, going out and building your business. And you go, no, specifically, what is it? Like, what, what are you doing? What do you, you know? And they, they can't define it. Right. <laughs> They're like, it just, it's, it works, right? Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. I had an agent I was coaching and she was in a group coaching and she says, oh, I lead generate. I go to Goodwill and I talk to people in the aisles. And I'm like, what? <laughs> how, how does that work? I don't understand. So, so I think one of the challenges and one of the reasons people, because a lot, let's face it, a lot of people have tried calling Fizbo's and expires, right? Right. But the problem is, one is there's not a lot of them right now. Mm-hmm. And two, they call, they, they, you know, the expired shows up, they call it that day, right? And then they call another one the next day and they call another one the next day. And, and let's say in a month, they've called 40, okay, in a month. And they tend to narrow their area. So they tend to try to be really tight on the area that they're, the geography that they're prospecting in. They'll avoid certain price points, which funny enough is luxury listings expire a lot more frequently than the mid-price homes. And what are the ones that agents avoid? Hmm. They go, well, I don't yeah. want to call $2 million house. Like I've never sold a $2 million house. What would I do? Well, the same thing you would do with a $50,000 condo. <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> it's the same. Right. <laughs> You're going to probably do a little bit more marketing, but beyond that, it's the same process. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so I think the challenge that people have that have tried it in the past and maybe didn't have success is honestly, you just didn't call enough people. And so when I'm coaching people into saying, okay, we're going to do FISBOs and expireds, you know, my expectation is 150 dials a week, right? So that's 150 times that phone's going to ring every week is going to lead you to somewhere around 45 to 50 people you're going to talk to. And out of that, you're going to get one appointment. You're going to get one appointment out of 150 dials a week. Now, what do you do is you have to expand your area out. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we all last time I checked, most real estate agents have cars. Right. I mean, and, yeah. And, and yeah, and, <laughs> and a, take a gas goes 400 miles. <laughs> <laughs> that's your that's your range. That's yeah. how far. Because if you, in order to do it, you're going to have to take some chances. You're going to have to get out there. You're going to have to go meet people, you know, and you're going to have to drive to get opportunity to get good at handling the objections. You're going to have to go to get good at handling your preparation and all of those things, and to have a win, right? Mm-hmm. And once you have a couple wins, it'll click for you, and you're going to get better on the phone. You're going to be more confident in your speech. And then from there, you can start to narrow your price point, narrow your geography. Mm-hmm. But starting off, you got to go wide. And, mm-hmm. you know, because you're, you know, if you're, if you have low skill level, low experience, um, 
your value is really nothing to the market. So it doesn't matter if it takes you two hours to get there. Your two hours are worth zero. Right. right now. <laughs> and not only go wide, but I think some people like, I mean, I hear this all the time working at Red X is, is people get frustrated because they're like, oh, somebody rejected me or, oh, there was a wrong number or all this stuff, which, which happens right with data. That's just, that's just inevitable. But the thing is, is, is as long as you use that as ammo, like, okay, this no is getting me closer to a yes or whatever. Yeah. And you, and you keep calling, like you're saying, then, then you will find success. And like you said, once you find success, it's kind of like, you will find more, right? Like once you get, once you get started and get going and your skills get better, you hone your skills and things like that, then, then, I mean, it, it opens wide up. Opportunity yeah. opens up. Yeah. You get, you can't get triggered on the phone when they tell you, you know, <laughs> or they give you, they give you an objection, you know, you can't get upset about it, you know? Oh, yeah. You're, yeah. You're like, Oh, it's the wrong number. Oh, great. Do you want to sell? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know that's the thing. It's like people like, I, as a lot of top producers I've heard, they just like kind of gamify it. Right. And they're like, Oh yeah. Okay. And let it roll off. Like if, if somebody, I mean, what's the worst thing someone can say, right. Is no. And, and like, and you can hang up and you move on. That's, that is the worst thing that could happen. And so, especially when, when those people that are getting on the phone and they have that call reluctance for that first call, yeah. it's like, you just have to get over that hump. And, and then it's, and then once you get more and more rejection, like rejection therapy, then it's like, oh yeah, this is easy. We can do this. Okay. I'm going to share with you my secret and this works flawlessly. Okay. Okay. So those of you that took the time to listen today, this works really well. So, um, do you have, do you have children, Haley? I do not. You don't have children. Mm-hmm. So, so, <laughs> When your children, you know, when you bring your home, baby home from the hospital, right? They have you wash the baby in the sink, right? You're not going to put the baby in the bathtub. The baby's like six pounds, right? So you wash the baby in the sink. And you got this slippery baby that's all soaked up, okay? Now, if somebody calls you in that moment, right, you're going to be frustrated. I don't care who it is. It could be your mom. You're going to be like, I got to go. And you hang up the phone, right? Because right. the alternative is dropping the baby, okay? So what, what I tell my coaching clients is, if they just hang up with you on you or they're, they're rude, they're holding a soapy baby. It's not about you, right? Soapy baby, move on. <laughs> I love that. I don't think I've ever heard that before. That like analogy, if you just think of a soapy baby. It's not about you. They're holding soapy. They've got other things that are more important than you right now. And you know what? Maybe I'll call them back when they're not holding the soapy baby. Mm. Right? Was yeah. last, time I t- last time I called you, Haley, it sounded like you were really busy. Um, do you have a minute to talk right now? <laughs> That's funny. I, we, we did get a question while you were saying that. Uh, Larry's asking, what is your follow-up strategy? So so if people are calling leads, expired leads uh, for subway owners, whatever. What would you recommend a follow-up strategy as? Okay. So, so, so most importantly is no answer is just that. It's no answer. So mm-hmm. no answer is a, isn't a no. Okay. So we keep calling until we get a, cause, cause one of the mistakes people make is they'll, let's say you have a list of 75 leads. You call the 75 and, and let's say 20 answer. Well, you've got to call back through that remaining 50 over and over again until you get a no uh, or a fuad. <laughs> right. Right. And, um, or uh, I'm, I'm listed in with another agent, right? So you, you just mm-hmm. keep calling until you actually get a response from them. And, and sometimes you just ask them, you say, look, I'm not trying to bother you. I'm just trying to find out is if there's an opportunity here in the future or not. And if they say no, 
then take them off your list, right? Because right. that's your job. Your job is just to filter the list, right? It's almost mechanical at this mm. point. And it um, sounds pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. like a, we're like a tree tripper, chipper, you know, that big machine that cuts up branches. You can throw yeah. anything in it. It's going to chew it all up, right? <laughs> so whatever they put in, whatever they give us in the dialer or whatever, we just call. Like, mm. like don't judge it. Like, Love just it. call it. Yeah, find out what it is. You know, there's only one way to find out. You got to call them. Right. So follow-up strategy from that point, let's say, you know, you talk to somebody and they say, yeah, I might be interested in the future. Um, I always cut in half what they say. So if they say call, you know, yeah, in a month, I'm going to call them in two weeks. Right. Um, if they say six months, three months, because, you know, six months means I want to move. That means they're prepping early. So you've got to stay on them. And then probably most important than that is you've got to somehow get in front of them. Right. So any type of pop by that you can do and, and not weird stuff, right? Like don't show up with like an Easter basket or something weird, <laughs> but you know, if you have a small box of, of information that's available to them, or, um, you know, I've seen people use FedEx envelopes, like they go to FedEx and they get the FedEx thing and then they stuff it with flyers, some business cards, some information about the, the current market in the area. Um, and your goal is to for them to see you face to face, but literally, mm -hmm. like it's ding dong. Hi, I'm Sean. I know you're busy. I'm just dropping this off. We talked. We talked yesterday. Um, I've got to go. I've got another appointment. Okay. And there's a whole strategy about being busy because people want to work with busy people, right? Yeah. They don't want you standing around. <laughs> you're hardworking. You're busy. Yeah. So you just say, hey, is there is there a time I can come back by and go through the rest of the information with you? But if they say no, that's fine. All you're trying to do is connect the name to the face and give them some some items of value. So when you do call, they remember who you are because you're mm -hmm. not the only one calling. Right. Right. I mean, it's just a reality. Yeah. You know, and, and, and by the by the time like a week goes by, they don't remember you. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. A follow-up question. Richard asked, how often would you follow up with someone that isn't ready to sell, but says you can stay in touch? So like you said, cut it I in half, that. right? <laughs> well, cut it in half. And, um, you know, you've got to have some type of follow-up marketing plan. So I look at my SOI past clients, my sphere of influence of past clients mm -hmm. separately than I do a lead funnel. Okay. So okay. a lot of people lump those two together. They're totally two different conversations. Your, your mm -hmm. SOI already has trust. They already trust you. They already like you. So you're not trying to build trust and like with them. You're just trying to include them into your conversation so you can have personal conversations with them as a group. Um, your, your lead funnel, which is somebody who says, yeah, follow up with me in the future. You can keep in touch. You're going to want to build trust with them in the relation of your industry. So you're a real estate professional. So don't send them a recipe card. Like that drives me crazy. Like, <laughs> seriously, like you send them a recipe card. Are you Elmer Fudd? Who are you? Like, what, I guess that's what I, I wasn't thinking of. Elmer Fudd. But um, so, so send them market updates, send them, um, put them on a, um, like a, what is it like market leader has the market snapshot, right? Which mm. is a pretty cool tool that drops them their current comps and sales in the area. Um, send them a newsletter that talks about, you know, what's going on in the market and your recent sales and who you are. And I think this is important. Why newsletters work is who you are in relationship to their community. Mm. Like, yeah. Who are you in the community? Like, what are you doing to help the community? Are you just here to take, or are you, 
Are you doing food drives? Are you volunteering? Are you involved? So it's a different message to people who don't know you and like you and trust you yet than your SOI. Okay. So I think mm -hmm. that's really important to keep them separate. I love that. I think that's perfect. Money's found in the follow-up. So this is awesome. I love talking about it. We also had another question. We're over time, but I, I'm having a great time talking to you. So okay. I just want to get through these questions real quick. Uh, Julia said, Hey, Sean, what advice would you give to agents who lean on the shy side? So we're talking about oh. prospecting. You know, this is like you are being extroverted. You're talking to strangers, things like that. Like what what about someone who maybe does, that doesn't appeal to? Yeah, that's a great that's that's such a good question. One of the things I want to make sure, like uh, I want to change people's perception of introversion and extroversion. OK, so Myers-Briggs, Carl Jung and Kimberly Myers and Dr. Briggs, who kind of created the Myers-Briggs, that's where it all came from, right. believe that we all have we all have an introverted and extroverted preference. OK, so for me, when I'm extroverted, I'm talking about big picture. I'm talking about ideas, you know, that those kind of things. That's my extroverted preference. But if you knew me as a human, right, if you were my wife, you would think I'm an introvert because I spend hours and hours by myself, perfectly happy, writing, <laughs> reading. And I could, I could do, I could do weeks on end without talking to another human. I'm Ooh, totally cool. Not me. No? <laughs> we are different. <laughs> so, so what's important in this is we all have an introverted and extroverted preference, but she asked shot. Now, shyness is not introverted and extroverted because an extrovert can be shy and an introvert can be outgoing, right? Um, it's, it's, it's how you're responding to the situation. So I would say shyness, you know, um, shyness is, could be confidence, okay? So as your confidence grows, I would ask myself, as my confidence grows in, in the reality that I live in, you know, like think back of like maybe when you're in college or in school, like... Were there areas that you were confident and did you, did you show up more in those environments, right? Because yeah. that could be a confidence thing. So over time, when you gain experience, your shyness will go away. Okay. Okay. Um, introverted is different. So introverted preference just means you don't prefer to be in front of the room. You don't prefer to be the one engaging. You prefer to have people engaging you. So the key to that is finding lead generation strategies that people are reaching out to you versus you proactively pursuing them. However, I will say I do coach somebody who is an amazing prospector that uses Red X, okay? And she is an introvert. In fact, if you Google her name, she doesn't even have a website. She doesn't. She has one photo on her brokerage website. <laughs> and she's an amazing prospector. But the reason she does it is to help people. So she it, she truly believes every dial she's making, she's finding somebody who needs her service, hmm. that if they don't use her, that they're going to get taken advantage of by somebody else. Okay? So 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 you kind of have to play your strength, right? Yeah. You got to play to your strength. I like that. It's kind of a, a, a switch in mindset a little bit of, of what you're doing, why you're doing it, and things like that. Yeah, you got you got you got to just know yourself. Just have that self awareness of who you are, and mm -hmm. not just accept it. You know, yeah. I I don't enjoy doing this, but I can do it for a period of time. Right? Mm -hmm. I, I might not be able to do it forever, but I can do it for a period of time. Um, like people ask me, they say, "What's the best real estate business to own?" And by far, a farm is the most profitable and most sustainable business is a farm. But they take twenty years to build. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
<laughs> They're great. So what do you do until you've built it? You prospect, hmm. right? You prospect until you build your, your name and your notoriety via a farm. I like it. You know, that's and a- you can do it no matter, I mean, if you're shy, extroverted or introverted yeah. versus extroverted, what, what your preferences are, things like that. You just have to find your motivator and, and you can do it because somebody, I mean, somebody's going to appeal to that. Someone's going to appeal to your personality. Someone's going to want you as their agent. I think it, not just the people who are loud are, are the best, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, no, I, my, my, Chris Linzel, you and I were talking about Chris Linzel, Linzel, who's another coach. We both agree that the best real estate agents out there, the most successful real estate agents out there are introverts Mm -hmm. by far. And, and we can show you multiple, multiple sources to prove, to prove that strat, that, that that's the case because introverted preferences have to adapt around their around their personality, right? So what do they tend to do is they tend to build systems, right? And they build these massive systems that generate a massive amount of leads and then they build teams around them. So so I'm sure you're familiar with Ben Kinney, right? Mm -hmm. Who is the number one team at Keller Williams. He's, I think, year to date, I think he's already closed 1,100 units this year, okay? (laughs) Huge introvert, huge introvert. But he adapted his introverted preference and built a system around himself, brevity. That's the system that he built. Um, And then he built a team called Place that now sells services like 27 markets throughout the United States. He's an introvert. Hmm. A strong introvert, by the way. (laughs) I like that. I like that because I think a lot of people would look at real estate agents and be like, oh, I need to be super outgoing and, and cause it's a people business, right? So you think yeah. like, Oh, I need to be super personable. I need to do all these things. But, but the thing is, is like, while that might be someone else's strength, it doesn't mean that you can't be successful with the strengths that you have. Like you said, yeah. introverts are, they create processes and processes last a lot longer and, and they create systems that, that work over and over and over again. And yeah. so I, I love this. I love it because you don't have to be a certain person to be in real estate. You can be successful anywhere that you fall on on the spectrum. Absolutely. 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 I love it. Mm-hmm. Awesome, Sean. Well, um, this has been awesome. Uh, we went a little over time just because I, I've been loving talking to you. We're going to have to have you back because I think we should get more into, I mean, we just barely scraped the surface on some of this stuff. And, oh, yeah. and so I would love to have you back on to talk more about it. Um, but for, for everybody that is watching, thank you so much for tuning in and asking your questions. You asked some great questions. So this was awesome. Um, and for the people that will listen to this afterwards, um, it is, it is a definitely a benefit to come and, and then watch live because you get to ask questions and, and it's more of an interactive experience for sure. So Sean, Thank you so much for, for coming on here. Uh, for everyone that is is here, be sure to subscribe. Like I said, we are here every Thursday at 1.30 Mountain Time. So we will be here back next week. But Oh, also, before I forget, I totally almost forgot. I want to post that link of the 16 uh, strategies that you Thank sent you me. Yes. So you just give people a little blurb of what that is. 
Yeah, so um, in collaboration with uh, the, the Close, we created a personality profile that will direct you to the best lead generation strategy for your personality. Now, I just want to be really clear. No personality assessment out there is ever 100% accurate. So the way that I would like you to do it is take the assessment. It's going to point you in the direction, but we're going to give you access to all the strategies. So so click each one, read each of the personality profiles and the strategies, and then pick two or three. I would say three, pick three yeah. that resonate with you and build your business around that. Right. And, and, and I think you'll find success that way. Awesome. Yeah. I just dropped that in the chat and it'll be in the notes for people that are watching this afterwards. Um, I think I want to go take that just to see kind of <laughs> what, what comes up for me too, but awesome. Okay. Thanks again, Sean. Thanks everybody for watching. We'll see everybody next week. Bye-bye.